Artcentric Podcast with Rafi and Klee. Hola, you amazing artists. It's Rafi and Klee. And today uh, we are going to talk about weathering a, the storm. Yep. Weathering the storm. In this show, this is a live show that we're recording. So we may be taking some questions from the live chat. So our question comes from Alan York, who watches our YouTube videos. And um, the question's kind of long. It covers a lot of things about uh, why businesses could or could not weather the storm during this pandemic. He says, hey, y'all, I have a question. Okay, so I'm another artist working through setting up my own business. I'm on board with the long-term commitment and all that. I'm not concerned with any emotional stuff, just business brass tacks. <laughs> um, I have to pause here for a second because it is Rafi and Klee, so we are going to talk about the emotional side. Yeah, Alan, I'm sorry if you're listening to this after the fact. We are going to talk about feelings. Yeah, Ellen, because in all honesty, whether you are a business person or whatever, feelings um, really, really do ultimately matter when it comes to the decisions that you make in business and how you handle stuff like what's going on right now. Absolutely. So we are also going to cover the brass tacks, as, as he put it. Yes. Um, so here's the meat and potatoes of the question. With COVID-19, we're hearing a lot about small businesses filing for bankruptcies and just closing the business. So ultimately, my question is, why couldn't so many businesses be able to weather the storm? How can artists and business such as yourselves run avoid the same fate? How do artists structure their business so they can develop the cash reserves and the secondary lines of income to weather a rough patch? Basically, how did they get themselves into this mess and how do I make sure that I don't do the same thing? Do you think I'm right on the capitalism leveraging thing or is there something I'm not considering? Okay. Now, here's the thing about this question. And this is the reason that we decided to do a podcast, which is more conversational rather than a video, is because there's no answer to this question. So I wanted to kind of just have a discussion about it because speaking specifically about this current situation or really any situation that a business might face, you can't just like you can't lump people together and say people are like this or this is why this group is doing this. You can't do that with business either, especially creative business. Yeah. There's absolutely no way to know what an individual creative entrepreneur, sole proprietor is facing right now. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's one of the things that we talk about when you're deciding to become an artist, when you're deciding to do anything, open up your own business, especially a creative business. A lot of people want a manual on how to get from point A to point B. Right. And there is no manual. Absolutely be not. Because you are, uh, <laughs> you're a creatively unique. You are amazingly unique at what it is that you do. And so there is no business model. Especially right now with technology and the internet being what it is. Now, I think Alan is mostly referring to brick and mortar places. Right, right. Um, so, uh, I mean, we are going to talk about that. But as far as how you launch, grow, run, decide to close, uh, decide to scale down your business, whatever you're doing with it, that is entirely your uh, decision. Which is which is why it comes down to, yes, the brass tax, but the emotions, because 
Um, this entire thing that's going on when you are dealing with any kind of uh, situation where money is tight. I know that in our career, we've been we've been doing this for about a decade, mm -hmm. and there have been several times during our career that things slowed down for yeah. for quite some time. You know, where there was a, a virtually no income coming in and it can be really scary it could be scary and at that moment uh, you, what you're dealing with is the emotions especially like being a creative and being an artist because what am i selling i'm selling paintings i'm selling sculptures we're selling uh these goofy cute little uh sculptures called uh, goggles mm -hmm. you're selling jewelry it's like we you, when you start doing that thing where you compare yourself to other businesses and things slow down for you it's almost like um, you can easily take it personal. You could take it as, oh, my stuff is no good. Nobody wants my things, da, 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 da. And all of that, that entire battle is emotional. You're dealing with the emotional garbage, um, garbage of like, do I keep going? If my stuff really does suck and nobody wants to buy it, do I keep going or do I close up shop? Yeah. And this also, especially in a time like this, has to do with moment to moment. Um, where are you on the emotional scale? Are you feeling despair? Uh, yeah. Or are you feeling like I'm going to take this one moment at a time? Yeah. Are you able to look at this situation and, um, you know, granted, it's a suck ass situation. But um, are yeah. you are you able to look at this uh and say, what is what is the best way that I could leverage this right now? I talk a lot about mul having multiple streams of income as an artist, just in case mm -hmm. uh, you run into some issues that your your flow of income doesn't shut down. With this particular situation, a lot of those multiple streams of income have slowed down. Yeah, this particular crisis has shut off many streams of income. So in order to cover the brass tax end of it okay for let's, Alan. let's let's cover the brass tax you guys uh i i'm sure that uh, everybody listening in is like yay brass tax mm -hmm. <laughs> i don't if you're like me you actually picture brass tax when you when someone says that yeah and yeah. i'm like how did that become a term by the way karate girl and tina colburn said hello hi hi, hi guys. you guys um okay so alan you might be right in some cases, some businesses in order to open or to scale up. And for some businesses, it makes sense to try to scale up quickly. Yeah. Uh, they might need to leverage assets, as you said, to take out loans and so on and so forth. But um, there could be a number of things going on. So some businesses, especially fledgling businesses, are making the dream happen on a shoestring budget. Yeah. Month to month, sometimes week to week, whatever they can do to make it happen. Yeah. So some businesses that I personally know of have a financial buffer that might cover one to three months, but after that, it's tapped out. Uh, and then, you know, in this situation, rent is still due. So uh, they have to uh, figure out. Yeah. what they're going to do. Some small businesses and particularly new ones might not have been making enough profit to start building up a buffer. So some of these businesses might not have a buffer happening at all. Um, we know some people that just opened up like a coffee soda shop and food truck. Yeah, they just opened they it up. Just they just poured opened. everything that they have into that and boom. This happens. This happens. Yeah. So uh, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, they're a pretty good team. 
but man, that's that's rough. Some businesses just don't have multiple streams of income in place. It could be due to it not making sense for their particular business model, or possibly they've devoted so much time to the main business that it's like they didn't get to the place where yeah. multiple streams of income. Well, there, there's a lot of business models that are based on that, like restaurants and stuff like that. They're based a lot on walk-in traffic. In fact, a lot of restaurants here don't even do delivery. It's just recently with this thing happening that some of them did curbside pay. Yeah, and had to try to figure out how that was going to work. And that was actually my next point. Um, For a lot of businesses, it makes sense that they're relying predominantly on local foot traffic and in-person sales. Um, like restaurants, like bakeries, like things of that nature. And that's that's the same thing that happens with a lot of artists that are in town is that their their reliance is on walk-in business because they do things like the Pal Fox Market and, right. and stuff like that. So uh, I we know so many artists just kind of delving into their careers and the market was a super lucrative thing for them to get their art out there to start making those connections and to start building something but then from one day to the next to the next yeah. the market was just not available and that that's one of the things to keep in mind there because like when we started our business i would say that if this particular thing were to happen um maybe about two years ago two and a half years ago uh we would be in a very worse place financially than we are now absolutely the reason that we have certain things in place is because we had a financial scare yeah. A couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, a couple of years ago, we had a financial scare where for about three months, there was zero income coming in and uh, we we cut it. It, it. it came close. Yeah, it was close. <laughs> now, I wanted to real quick address the other part of Alan's question of coming off the holidays. Um, yeah. Don't businesses have buffers from the holiday season? Right. And the the truth is, Yes, that might be the case. Uh, the holidays do tend to be the busiest time for a lot of businesses. However, a lot of small businesses, ours included, take that holiday buffer money and they reinvest it into the business in January uh, like we did. We bought a lot of equipment. Right. Uh, we, bu- we bought a lot of gear to be able to do more media stuff. Some business owners I know like I know a jeweler that goes to the Tucson Gem and Mineral Show every year that costs thousands of dollars procuring new stones and whatnot. Right. Um, so a lot of reinvestment can happen in January. I know we did it. I know a lot of businesses do it. Um, do I regret making those equipment investments now? No, I'm still glad to have the equipment. No, no, because the more you invest in your business, the more possibility there is for you to be able to leverage that to make money. The only thing is that every decision that you make, because a lot of a lot of people approach me and they were like, well, if you guys because we're okay, you guys, but we're not like great. We're not sitting pretty coasting through this. Yeah, we don't have like money just raining down like, yeah, Rafi and Clear doing like it it's we are uh paying very close attention to our finances because um everything slowed down. In summary of the brass tax, Alan and anyone who wants to know the brass tax of it, in general, it's a good idea to build a financial buffer whenever and however much you can. Pursue multiple streams of income if you can. And as my mask-making teacher used to say, stay out of debt. 
yeah. as much as possible. As much as possible. We have managed to keep our business pretty debt free. And we were also willing to grow our business very slowly over time and play the long game. Yeah. Now that doesn't work for a lot of people. If you have to scale up quickly, that may not be the way to go. That's what we did. But all that in mind, Life is totally unpredictable, and I don't think anyone was well prepared for this situation. No. So his question has a lot to do with like getting started in your art career and making sure that you avoid the the hiccups, you know, because he's looking around and he's looking at a lot of businesses that are declaring bankruptcy and closing down. The thing is that you can't just look at a small at any small business because they are all very, very different. It's the same thing as you can't even look at other artists if artists are having a, a hard time or an easy time because everybody's going to approach their business completely differently. Yeah, I, I looked at so the two galleries that I belong to are in very different positions right now. The co-op gallery that I belong to, while they're not open, uh, they are okay. And the reason they're okay is because they use their membership dues to pay their bills. They don't actually have to sell anything, yeah. which is smart on their end. It may not be the best thing yeah. for the artists, but um, that's how they've managed to be in business since the 1970s. Right. The other gallery that we belong to is a commercial gallery. They rely on sales. So they're in a very different position right now. So I get it because Alan is talking about like his dad was a banker. So he's looking sure. at, at the financial thing. And it's easy when you're looking outside at uh, a business and trying to wonder like, well, how is it that you're not concerned with these things? And the truth is sometimes you just don't think about it. Sometimes you don't think about the multiple streams of income. I know for the longest time, um, you know, I was sitting on my high horse and was like, I'm not going to do prints mm -hmm. because doing prints is not, you know, I'm only going to sell originals. And it wasn't until later on being in business for a while that I was like, that is a really stupid move on my part. I would say that for the first six years of business, we were so busy just keeping the business going yeah. that multiple streams of income weren't on our radar. No, it wasn't until I would say until about year six, where I started to really think about where our income was coming from. And uh, because we were doing markets and we were doing festivals and we were doing gallery shows, a lot of that had to do with the local venue. And luckily uh, we live in a tourist town, so we get, yeah. people from all over the world. But at the same time, um, if something happened here, uh, this area is prone to hurricanes. If something happened where uh, the economy was knocked out for about a month or two months, we would have been in the hole because we were just barely getting by by the yes. skin of our teeth. We weren't even month to month. We were week to week. Yeah. We were day by day with yeah. finances. And we had to think about that. And it's fortunate that we did have to think about that with hurricanes. Yeah. And in and, and thinking about that and realizing like, okay, if I were to scale up our creative business, um, because at the time, like I wanted to get online more, I wanted to do more stuff online because I was fascinated by it, but I was also very scared and wasn't really sure what to do with online. Mm -hmm. It's okay if I put myself out there 
in the local venue, but if I put myself out there online, then the world then is going to world, have an opinion. Yeah, the world is going to be like, you suck, you know, like, like, oh man, the whole world thinks I suck. Yeah, exactly. So I think I think that there was there was definitely a comfort zone there that needed to be pushed uh, pushed through. But it was interesting to me that like that was something that almost like I was avoiding in the background because. Uh, I was actually afraid to put myself out there. And in doing that, I was holding myself back from a lot of potential um, growth. Definitely. And then, so imagine that you finally got the courage to do that. And then this happened. Yeah. Like a month later. Yeah. Yeah, And that's what some people are facing right now. So we think that we're prepared for a lot of things. Yeah. but this is unprecedented. I mean, and that's that's where that's why, yes, you could plan ahead for uh, just about anything. Right. But the fact of the matter is that life is unpredictable. So, uh, yeah, maybe we we obviously didn't even think that something like this was going to happen. No. Um, were we prepared for it? No, absolutely not. Nobody would. There, There's no way to prepare for something like this. Would I be prepared for any kind of like tragedy that happened in town locally uh, or the Internet shutting down or all of a sudden broadband companies saying like, no more Internet for you. (laughs) We're taking over the planet. Like I there there is only so much that you could prepare for financially, which is why the emotional side of it is so so important. important. Yeah, there's no way to gauge on the emotional scale what other business owners are going through right now. Yeah. Some of them have lost loved ones, business partners. Uh, There's just no way to know. Some of them, because we don't know what the future of this is going to look like. Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? Are we going to be in this game for the next year or two years? Uh, You're either sitting in despair or you're sitting in hopefulness, I think. Yeah. The fact of the matter is that people people out there are uh, facing this in different ways, depending on what their circumstances. Yeah. Some artists are set in a position right now where the only positive thing that they can focus on is working on their next project. Yeah. Really moving forward, really pouring their creativity into it, understanding that if they are locked down in their studio this is my opportunity to create something amazing and get in the studio. Mm-hmm. And maybe the only uh, hiccup that they're running into is like, well, my income has kind of slowed down, but here I am. Um, I could only make the best of this situation as much as possible and live every day in the moment. Absolutely. So right now I'm in the studio. I'm having this conversation with you. I could sit here and worry about, are we going to have enough for rent next month? Is this going to uh, have an impact in the next three months? I don't know. The only thing I know for sure is what can I do right now to stay in a emotionally hopeful or empowered, especially empowered place where uh, I could leverage this situation to work for me as much as possible. Yeah. And I think that that really has a lot to do with like moment to moment. Like yeah. where, where am I at today? Am I okay today? Uh, am I 
actually okay today financially? Do I have groceries? Do I have, right. is, are things okay? And, I, and how am I doing emotionally day by day, yeah. hour by hour? Artistrelief.org just did their second round of artist grants yeah. and they're planning on doing a few rounds of those up until September where they're giving away a $5,000 grant to an artist that is really struggling, like somebody who can't pay their rent. Who, right. Who's in a critical situation. Who's in a critical situation. And the the problem is that if you allow yourself to fall into a sense where you're feeling like a victim, when those opportunities show up, it's almost like you'll talk yourself out of even applying because, well, why am I going to even try? if you're sitting in hopelessness, then thoughts like, well, I'm probably not even going to get this grant. Yeah. Are going to occur to you. Yeah. And the truth is like, why are you even going to go through and try to do something with that when you've already talked yourself out of it working out for you? Yeah. I have zero judgment for any decisions made by any business owners at this time. We've kept our overhead costs fairly low by not having a brick and mortar gallery. Yeah. We have friends that do have brick and mortar galleries. One of our uh, friends who's in business locally is considering closing the brick and mortar uh, gallery. Yeah. Not because they're giving up, but because this might be a, a chance to change direction. Yeah. So this particular person, I don't think it's a failure if they close the no. brick and mortar location. Um, this person is thinking on their feet in real time, actually, you know, like taking action. Yeah. What can I do right now? Maybe this is ultimately going to be what I need to do. It's the same reason that we don't have, how many times were we approached by people, especially when we started to get some success and they were like, you guys should open up a gallery. And the fact of the matter is that I grew up in a family business. My, my family owned jewelry stores. So like I grew up in a jewelry store. I spent my summer vacations there. Uh, Any time that I wasn't at school, I was working. So basically from the age of 12, pretty much, I was working every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Sundays off. That was it. Uh, But then my dad opened up a video store. So then I ended up working... Uh, Monday through Friday in the jewelry store and then all weekend in the video store. So like when you grow up in a brick and mortar location, um, whereas the idea is a lot of people think that success means that you open up this, this place, you have your business, mm-hmm. right? And the, when you're an artist, maybe you have your studio and you have this, or you have a separate studio from your home, you know, and, right. and that's your place of business. And look at this person. They're professional. They're successful. They're doing well. They have, they have a brick and mortar place. Yes. Um, I think all of that is just the perception that is based on like old school stuff, pre-internet. Oh, definitely. Like, because it was either that or you, you were just, it was just a hobby. You know, you're having Tupperware parties and, and, and whatnot. It's right. not a real business. You're not serious unless you have a brick and mortar shop. Yeah, exactly. And that's just not the case. No, that is not the case. 10 years ago when I, when I started my jewelry stuff, we started our career. Someone actually said that to me. A family member actually said that to me. I was, was so proud that we were um, becoming a licensed business. Right. Uh, I was the owner of a business, and this person said, 
Yeah, but like that's just on paper, right? Like you don't actually have a location. Right. You don't actually own a business. Right. And I was like, wow, ouch. But that's the perception. And so a lot of, uh, especially for for creatives because like there's such it's such a mixed bag like you're looking at your career and you're like yeah i want to be an artist i want to be an artist but like because there is no real model for what it means to be an artist you know like you're basically going through it with your own uh subjective ideas of what that means Mm -hmm. to be a professional right so like for a lot of artists it means like well I, i have to have a place because if I have a place, then I'm proving to everyone else that um, this is real. My my family members are finally going to think like, yeah. You're legitimate. <laughs> yeah. Now, we've made choices. We made the choice to keep our overhead low by not opening a brick and mortar. We made the choice to do as much as we could ourselves without hiring staff thus far yeah. to scale up. A lot of businesses have... Uh, location overhead. They have employees. A lot of the resources in this particular uh, crisis are not as accessible as maybe we would hope. Yeah. Uh, Access to the Paycheck Protection Program, access to um, pandemic unemployment, um, the stimulus checks, all of it have been wonky and a lot of people have received no relief whatsoever. Yeah. and navigating those things uh, is confusing and a lot of people are frustrated and I totally get that. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is that right now, no matter if you are a self-employed artist, if you are an artist and you have a part-time job or you have a full-time job and you're an artist or you are running a small business or you're even running a big business, mm-hmm. um, things suck. Yeah. <laughs> things, things like they're, they're, it's not, uh, peaches and unicorns and rainbows out there right now. Um, it's a little bit rough. So what really, 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 it comes down to for me, for us running our business is that, um, listen, when you allow yourself to go into a downward spiral, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with like looking at your situation and being like, this really sucks. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you're gonna, you're gonna run into a roadblock. You're gonna run into situations where you're like, man, uh, I feel I, this sucks. I like, like, I don't know what I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Now, the thing is that if you allow yourself to go into, uh, this victim mentality because of the situations, you know, like you were talking about the paycheck protection, you were talking about the cares act, you were mm-hmm. talking about different things that, uh, were supposed to help the self-employed that are just a cluster fudge to get through. Yeah. And, um, and, and really a lot of people it's, it's the help is lacking, uh, especially for the self-employed, especially if you are a sole proprietor, which is what most artists are. Yeah. And, um, you can easily fall into a downward spiral of being like, this sucks. I've got no help or whatever. Now, the, the thing that happens is that you, go into fight or flight. If you go into fight or flight, if you go into that kind of mentality, your brain shuts down. Yeah. Any good decision-making just completely shuts down. It's true. It's true. If you go, if you allow yourself to live in that desperate place, 
um, you don't see opportunities. You don't, you don't find a way to leverage the thing. That's why a lot of people out there that like preach positive thinking and stuff like that. It's not about just throwing a happy face sticker on it. Oh no. It is about looking at the situation. This situation sucks. This is not the ideal situation. Uh, money's a little bit tight. What can I do to allow me to feel empowered, to allow me to feel at least a sense of control? Because yes, I don't have any control over the circumstances and the situations and what is going on out there and whether or not people are buying my art or uh, whether or not they, they think that my art is any good. Um, I have no control over that. I have no control over other people, but I do have control over the way that I choose to respond to the situation moment by moment and not punish myself if I'm like, oh, the world, it's fucking, it's things suck. Yeah. Look, we all have our moments. I've had several rants. I've had several fight or flight situations. I've had some angry tweets. Yeah. Um, but that's why Alan and all you guys have heard us say so many times being in business is persisting through the bull garbage Yeah, and keeping going. Yeah. And understanding that what goes on in your brain jar, in your, uh, your, your, um, sludge cranium casing, <laughs> um, it, a lot of times what is going on in your mind And the things that you're focused on are the things that cause you to just, you you might, if you are focused on, oh no, woe is me, um, that is not a place that is, uh, that good decision making is going to come from. No. And when you are, when you are a business, when you are an artist, you are basically a brand in unto yourself, right? So that's, that's what you are. And so- Any decision that you make is going to have an impact. Talking about this right now because of the pandemic, but this is something that I've experienced um, from other artists for for a while, even before the pandemic. There, yeah, there's a very talented artist that uh, got very mad at me on one of uh, our YouTube videos because she had been in business for about ten years and. Um, her assumption was that I started my career on YouTube. And so somehow I got the easy road. Right. Like we're right. coasting. Yeah, yeah. Like we were coasting. Like, oh, they, they just, they got in on the ground floor, which this Hilarious. is definitely not what happened. But, uh, when we started our business out on foot, out on the Literally pavement. Literally yeah. on the pavement. And yes. so like, To hear somebody use that, it's almost like when you compare yourself to somebody else's success or somebody else's failure, um, you're you're giving yourself the excuse, oh, well, they've got it better. You're basically playing the victim to whatever situation or circumstance is yeah. going on. And so this person, like I go to their website and I say, and, and I asked them like, so what have you done over the last 10 years? And they basically have been doing the same thing and it wasn't working and they kept doing the same thing and it wasn't working. So essentially kind of just beating their head against a wall. Yeah, exactly. The definition of insanity, like totally. you keep doing the same thing and you expect different results instead of like switching it up, change direction, evolve, grow, yeah. look for different opportunities, look for things that you enjoy. And as an artist, that's why like you cannot follow whatever standard idea you have in your head of what it means to be an artist. 
That's why I talk about blazing your own trail. Mm -hmm. Essentially, you take everything that you think you know about what it means to be an artist and running a successful artistic business, take that and throw it away. Yeah. (laughs) Throw it away because you are going to define yourself and your business as you go. And during situations like this, you get to really, really take a look at where you're at emotionally when it comes to your business, whether or not you're able to take this situation and say, okay, let's see how we can leverage this. What am I going to do? What is what is the opportunities that I have here? Or are you just looking at what's lacking? Because whether or not there's a pandemic or not going on, being an artist is not an easy road to travel on regardless. No, you are going to face scary financial times. You are going to face emotionally roller coastery times. You are going to face it all if you decide to be an artist yeah. or go into business or have the double whammy of being an artist in business. Yeah, an artist in business, which means that chances are there's about 60% of the population out there that's like, yeah, but what's your real job? <laughs> Oh, you mean you're unemployed then? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, yes, uh, try to build your business organically. Stay out of debt if you can. Don't scale up too quickly, but be prepared that there is no instruction manual and you have to face each day. There is no, however, you yeah, do. There is no instruction manual. You guys are going to blaze your own trail. And the biggest obstacle that you're going to run into is that from the moment that we started going to school, from the moment that uh, we had our parents telling us what to do, we got very used to people telling us what to do and it's safe. It's Mm -hmm. safe. You go in, you work, you do your job well and you get paid for it. And people basically tell you if you did good, you did bad, what you need to do to improve, Mm -hmm. whatever. When you are your own uh, business, when you are an artist that is depending on yourself You don't have somebody telling you whether or not you, I can't tell you how many times I have people tell me like, Hey, will you take a look at my art and tell me if it's any good? I'm like, why, why are you asking me? I am not, I'm not the expert in your art being good or not. Only you could determine whether or not your art is good or not. Nor are we the experts on what it means to do a good job running a business. No, absolutely not. Absolutely (laughs) not. I mean, this is just an opinion that is coming out of our tushies. Yeah, we know know how we've done with our business and that's about it. Sometimes I'm afraid to make a choice because then I have to live with the choice. With the choice. Yeah. And I have to live with what happens because I made that choice. The one thing to understand, though, is that you make a choice for your creative business. And if it does not work out immediately, you can change directions. You can evolve it. You could move it around. You could do something that allows you to take that choice that you made and... Uh, Maneuver it into something that does work for you. Yeah, it, you have options. My closing thoughts are this. Alan, I hope you did find this helpful. I hope all you guys got something out of this. Um, in my opinion, the greatest asset you have to leverage is you. Yes. However you choose. And um, that's my truth. Yeah, I mean, because you could have a buffer of money, you could have, uh, you could have materials, you could have uh, a horseshoe up your butt. But really, what it comes down to is, who are you? 
How are you handling this? And are you allowing yourself to feel empowered? Are you leveraging your own mentality, your own amazing imagination and power of your mind to leverage this into an empowering, powerful place? Or are you allowing yourself to feel like the artistic victim, like the starving artist out there that just can't handle the starving part? Like, listen, we've been doing this for 10 years and there have been times where ramen noodle soup was the dinner of choice because uh, things were tight. Mm -hmm. It's just something that there is no security in running this business. There is no consistency. You are basically uh, trying to make sure that you stay in an emotional place where you are a creative badass, no matter what is going on around you, whether there is a pandemic going on or there isn't. It's just the, the reality of it. Yeah. For all the businesses out there, whether you are declaring bankruptcy, whether you are closing down, whether you are not sure what you're doing or you are getting through it one day at a time, we have no judgment no, for absolutely your decisions. Not. We stand with you and you have to do what you think is best for you. I had a friend, uh, I have a friend who recently closed down his business. And to me, I was like, that's the best choice because he was so stressed out all the time. Right. Uh, he was trying to make it work. He was trying to, you know, things were not working out for him and he was just keeping it open out of sheer persistence. And when he came to me and he was like, I'm thinking about closing down, I was like, great. I don't think, don't look at that as a failure. Look at that as did this, didn't want to really when it came down to it because I was very stressed out the entire time. Obviously, nobody wants to live that way. So whatever choice you make, as long as you're making the best possible choice for yourself and your well-being, absolutely. We are with you all the way. All right. So let's do this. Uh, I Because we're doing the chat here, I'd love to uh, hear from you guys. And if you guys want to ask us some questions. If you have any questions or if you have anything to add, how are you weathering the storm? Yeah. Nitya says, hi. 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 What do we got? LBX. KM8. KM8. Hello. And we've got Christine. Christine. And Karate Girl. Karate and Girl. And Thank Tina you guys Colbert. for joining yeah. us. Christine said, I suppose one of the challenges is not to panic and trust that you will find opportunities and solutions when necessary. Rafi and Klee, what have you already learned about your business that you may change? Good question. Good question, Christine. Uh, the one thing, one of the things that I've learned about my business that uh, I'm definitely going to change was something that this was something that I already started to look at uh, towards the beginning of the year. But because uh, last year, last year, the beginning of last year was where I decided that I was going to focus a little bit more on doing more connecting online with people. Right. Because I'd done a lot of uh, local and we were doing very, very well locally. And it was a huge fear for me to step away from that because that was a sure thing. Um, it, it's, it's, it, that's why I say like when you're running your creative business, you're constantly going to have to break through comfort zones. Yeah. That's been my biggest challenge. Definitely. When I first started doing the online stuff, because I'm the kind of person that jumps in with both feet, I realized that I may have taken off on a little bit too much. So one of the, one of the things that I learned, especially during this pandemic is that, 
Um, more doesn't necessarily mean better. Right. You, you definitely can spread yourself a little thin. Yeah. So it's taking a look at that, not only taking a look at what I'm actually doing, but also taking a look at my mentality when it comes to it. Oh, well, am I being a victim to my own time schedule or is there something here that I could tweak? If I'm not having fun, then why am I doing it? And really defining for myself, making sure to stay authentic by taking a look at the things that I am doing and determining like, is this actually fun for me? Is this what I want to do? Am I enjoying this? Is this authentic? Yeah. And then that comes down to every aspect of the business, whether or not I'm meeting with somebody, whether or not I'm taking on a commission or I'm working on a new series or I'm doing a, a live podcast or we're doing anything on Patreon or on YouTube. Those are the things that we're looking at. And I guess the other thing that is possibly different is that I am uh, mentally trying to conceptualize myself uh, more as not just a painter, but as a multimedia artist. And by multimedia, I mean music, videos, things like that. Yeah. It's Um, almost like we turned, you turned painting into the job. Yeah. Right. And then everything else was like a side project, but understanding that we are a multimedia studio. Yeah. Some of the things that I have learned recently, and this was began, began before this happened, this pandemic, but really has been solidified is um, our business is very much about community, about networking, about people, people helping, supporting and inspiring one another. I've also learned I spend a lot of time worried about time. Yes. I waste a lot of time worrying Worrying about about time. time. Yeah. This has become very apparent to me right now because because i still worry about time yeah and if there's ever a time where i should not be worried about time it is right now so that's something i've had to put myself emotionally in check i actually spend a lot of time worrying about things yeah and it's very unproductive and i've also learned that i'm kind of on the opposite end of the stick of rafi where there are things that i want to pursue from an authentic place of like, I would really enjoy this, but I've never allowed myself to really explore those things. And I think I've been holding myself back and playing it safe. Yeah. And so now is a good time for me to venture into those realms. The more stuff you have out there, the more opportunities there are for people to find it, to find you, to, to, because that's for your people, for your people to find you. Yeah. When I was thinking about community, Uh, If you had asked me, what does it mean for your business to be a part of the community like four years ago, I would have told you, well, I do the Palafox market and I have business connections here in town. I've got a lot of good business relationships with stores and I'm in galleries. And it wasn't until like really like going into this year, last year and this year, being involved with Patreon. Yeah forming these tight knit relationships, realizing like our YouTube family is a family. Yeah. Our social media family is a family. Like community does not have to mean where you are located. Exactly. It's, it means your people, exactly. your, your kin folk. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I, one of the questions I got uh, on our website was you guys live in Florida. Is it good to live in Florida for the business? And I get that question all the time. And I'm like, listen, I, that is not 
a, a that's not a valid question. First of all, Florida is a huge state. Every yeah. state is a huge state and things could vary from town to town. The second part is um there is opportunity wherever it is that you are because of the online community right. that exists out there. The third thing is uh no matter where you are you are the one that creates your opportunity. You create your economy. You create whatever opportunities you have out there. This town, for example, we sure, we have two galleries, but they're both co-op galleries, and I'm not a part of those co-op galleries. Yeah, so if you were to take a poll of 100 artists here in town, uh, which we've heard all different mixed opinions, some of them would tell you that it absolutely sucks to be an artist here. Yep. And some of them would tell you that it's amazing to be an artist here. And it all depends on what you're doing. Yeah. That's one of the reasons that I have a hard time with that question. Cause I was like, I don't want to, this all depends on you and blazing your own trail and what you're going to decide to do. And chances are, if you're in whatever town you're in and you're complaining, you're going to come here and eventually you're going to complain. So I don't want to be responsible for that. <laughs> I feel like this has been a really cool live pod pod stream. Uh, yeah. I feel like this has been a cool, we're going to have to like define the name. Is it, is it a live pod stream? Uh, I think it's the pod stream, a live stream, the pod stream. Okay. The pod stream. So yeah, we, uh, we absolutely enjoyed hanging out with you guys. Thank you so much to, uh, Morty 76 cruise Anna, Anna dreams, dreams art LBXKMA, <laughs> Christine karate girl and Tina Colburn art. Thank you so much. You guys for being here. You guys are absolutely freaking awesome. Thank you so much for listening. You guys, you guys are absolutely freaking amazing. And I totally, Totally, totally adore you, especially all you listeners that were here. Uh, if you want to subscribe to this uh, podcast, we do a live podcast at least once a month. Just go ahead and click somewhere around here to subscribe. And that's it. You want to say goodbye, Clee? Good day. Adios.